Hi, this is Naeem Hassan, and welcome to the Olympic Mindset Podcast. See, where we don't want to end up is in the I don't feel like it graveyard. And I'm just driving and having this conversation about the fact that for a lot of small businesses and individuals that are pursuing their own personal goals and dreams or what have you, um, the story called I Don't Feel Like It can be uh, a very powerful and inhibiting personal dialogue. See, because the story itself can activate a stress response. Right? And that's when we start to feel the fight or flight, you know, the adrenaline and cortisol get secreted by the um, adrenal cortex parts in the brain that are responsible for that part of the sympathetic nervous system. Because, see, this, this turns on automatically. It's part of the autonomic nervous system, sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system kind of responses. So we have the stress response. That's what we feel. When we tell ourselves, I don't feel like it, we, feel, we start to feel that in our body, the anxiety associated with that conversation. And depending on how much experience you might have with that conversation, it's easy to become convinced that that conversation is real that whatever story you're telling ourselves is a real story. Why? Because if I'm having this physiological response to the story, then obviously the story must be real. And what we have to begin to understand is that the imaginary story called I don't feel like it, except for the fact that if you are bleeding and you're broken and you're having some serious physical trauma, that's one thing. But in most cases, that's not the case. We manufacture the story called I don't feel like it, and the, I don't feel like the story has the potential to immobilize us and paralyze us and restrict our movements and create more discomfort for us the longer we stay in that I don't feel like it story. And the stories can become very elaborate. And what it does, it turns on the stress response, and we start to have the physical sensation associated with the mental story. So then we conclude that if the story wasn't real, then why would I feel, why do I feel so bad? Well, it's also like the boogeyman story, or you go into a, you go to a scary movie, and you leave the movie, and you have visions of Freddy Krueger or whoever in the movie, right, whacking people in the knees and doing some horrible things. And you have this imprinted in your mind. And you, as you walk to your car, suddenly you're thinking about the possibility that Freddy Krueger could be lurking and waiting for you in the car. And you have a stress response associated with walking to your car because you fabricate a story. Now, what you feel is real in your body. But what's creating that sensation is not necessarily real, unless you live in some high crime area or whatever, but that's another story. But for the sake of this discussion, the story you created or manufactured was an imaginary story. However, it did produce a real response in our being. And so in some cases, it's very difficult to separate the two. 
it's separate. It's difficult to separate the imaginary story from the real response because they get lumped together. I'm having a response to a story. Obviously, the story must be real because otherwise I wouldn't be feeling the way I feel. Right? That's one argument. And when you start to understand that the story is one thing and the feeling is separate and you start to notice that I can change the story, which also changes the feeling. Or I could have the story and generate different feelings because of my activity. Change the story, change the feeling you have about the story through your activity and not your personal conversation you're having with yourself. You can do it that way as well. Sometimes it's a little more difficult. Example, and I give the example of the day that I was, I worked all day and I had to run because I'm training for the Olympic trials, yada, yada, and I established a contingency plan that I would have my girlfriend, wife-to-be at the time, drive and park, and then I would run to her. In the event I arrived at the destination where she was, I had an out. Hop in the car, go home, and say, okay, I give it a, my best shot. Or, in this case, the longer I stayed out, the better I felt. Conversation in my head changed, and long story short, ended up running the longest non-intentional run of my life. 13 miles, 14 miles on a day that I didn't, I told myself I didn't feel like running. And I remember as if it was yesterday, the impact that that process had because I had many subsequent days like that, where I didn't feel like it, so I said, but I learned over the years to walk and talk, which simply means that I am not going to be inhibited by this conversation. I am just going to get moving. And I learned over time that the conversation shifts. It becomes a different form of, for lack of a better word, meditation, concentration. Shifting the focus, which is what medic, with meditation, concentration, whatever term you want to use to describe that process, the ultimate goal ends up being the same. So if I can shift my conversation from this personal dialogue about, oh, my God, I don't feel like it, and all the horrible things associated with that, and I can begin to just pay attention and observe my breathing, how the, the, the rhythm of my feet hitting the pavement, the rhythm of my feet hitting the pavement that is wet, the sound of traffic flowing over wet pavement, the reflection of the lights that's created from the cars and from the stoplights that's reflected in the wet pavement. And so you, you start paying attention to other things besides the conversation you're having and your stress response shifts. 
it's the equivalent again of taking your foot off the gas pedal and the car goes into a nice little idle or in some cases with these new vehicles it shuts off altogether but that's not what we want but the change does happen take your foot off the gas and the car goes into a nice little idle that would be called a relaxation response and so that's what meditation and, and that's what uh, when we're able to direct our attention toward to something else that's the physiological response the hormonal response that we have in our the stimulated in our brain turning off the stress response turning on the relaxation response we get start to increase the dopamine serotonin oxytocin other endorphins and we start to experience what we have all heard at some point called the natural high and that's how it's initiated and so when we are engaged in whatever it is we're engaged with we just have to become more aware of the fact that process is what it is it's a difficult process because there's we don't know what we can't do we lack the knowledge we lack the skill that's what makes it difficult or the interest because if you have the interest then you are willing to learn and you're willing to develop this, the skills through conscious repetition and that takes time and which brings me to the whole another point in this process called how do we manage the time between a where I am and B where I'd like to get to and that space is represented by time and there are a couple of elements come into play as it relates to that which is called the conscious consistency piece because I believe that consistency is not the issue awareness becomes the issue why because we are going to do something with that time and it behooves us to become more aware of how we're investing the time because if we increase our awareness about how we invest the time then we are less likely to succumb to the story called I don't feel like it because the story I don't feel like it is going to cause more frustration and will eventually immobilize us makes us lethargic and all those things that inhibit our ability to move that's the story because I don't feel like it and when you are between A and B that story can make a huge difference in what you do consciously and consistently because it drives another point that I like to make called there is no such thing as nothing there is always a something and if you don't do what you say you will fill your time up doing something else and when we look at this continuum called time an outcome is going to manifest at some point and then we have to assess was the outcome associated with the activities I intended to do 
are these outcomes associated with the things I consciously, unconsciously did to avoid doing the things that I said I was going to do? In either case, we're going to fill up our time doing something, and an outcome is going to manifest. That is a reality. So that's why I, I say awareness is the issue. Consistency is not the issue because we're all very consistent. We're just not aware. The fact that when I don't do what I say, I fill my time up with something that may or may not be relevant at all. But it puts in motion a series of events that will produce an outcome of some sort. At least that's what I believe. That's my, that's my approach. That's what helps keep me at least increasing my conscious awareness about what it is that I want, what I need to do to, the things I need to do to put the process in motion so that those outcomes become more of a possibility. And that's all we're trying to do. Put enough of these things in motion so that when outcomes start to show up, they at least are relevant and related to things that we say we want in some form or another. Conscious consistency. And then learning what I refer to as this other call idea about patience. Because we say, oh, we need to be patient. No, you don't be patient. You do patience. Patience isn't something that you be. Patience is something that you learn to do. Say, like, well, that's a little different. Well, yes, it is. Patience is something that you do. And how do you do patience? Patience is about how do you manage your personal dialogue while you are in the process of waiting for the outcomes that you want to show up. How do you do that? It's not be. I'm just going to sit and no. You've got to do. And doing it is structuring your mind in such a way that you are having a constructive conversation with yourself while you wait. And that's being very intentional about the dialogue that you create within yourself. Because if you're not able to do that, you will create additional frustration and turn on, activate that stress response and initiate processes that will make you feel miserable to the point where you don't know why you feel this way. But other, And the only thing you know is that you don't want to feel this way. And the way that we figured out how to avoid that is to not do what we think we were scheduled to do. And it eliminates the discomfort immediately. That puts in process another series of events that produces an outcome that we might not want. But that's called being consistent also. So we have to just simply increase our awareness about this process.